welcome back to another episode of Talking Maiden. The podcast of the beast. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. So we're back again, and we're going to break down an album today, Dance of Death, an album that we've been looking forward to, a chance to break down an album that we're not just... I have a lot to say about this album. Yeah. A lot to say about how I used to feel about this album and how yeah. I feel about it now. Yeah, because we went into this It didn't change intention. that much, but it did a little bit. Yeah, it changed a bit. Because we were kind of raving about the last couple albums we did. Yeah. We did Somewhere in Time, and yeah. we're like raving about it, and then we did Matter of Life and Death. Yeah. So we figured we'd pick one that we don't like. That's right. So that we could criticize it. That's right. And, and you know... I still have criticisms, but... I've changed my tune a little bit on this album. Yeah, and then I, I, I guess our next step after this is we're going to tee up a few classics, but it doesn't hurt to start a little hardcore because as you grow from the bass, as you start yeah. out, it's mostly made in hardcore and we're taking a little bit of obscurity. I would say the same thing. I started out with this and I was like, dance to death, let's pick one we can, we can crush. Eh, I don't know if that's the feeling I'm going to get at the end of it. We'll see. We'll get, we'll there. See. We'll get there. We'll talk about it when we get through all the songs. So how's Nesbitt? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So I've been, uh, we launched TalkingMaiden.com. We've got a good few episodes out now since uh, we launched the website. We've yeah. gotten good traction, good feedback from people. We're well on our way to 666 listeners. Oh, that's good. So when we hit that, it'll be a big milestone. That'll be a big milestone. So we do need to um, get to a stage where we can tee up some prizes for people to just have a bit of fun. Um, obviously, this is just a passion podcast for us. There's no way to tell, though, who... There's not? Yeah, if only they could capture yeah. information on the internet. Now. No, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I it's just like, ran- it's all randomized and Which is anonymized. funny because you think that podcast contests would be a big thing. Yeah, but you can't tell who... Who did what? Who was who the Who did what? Yeah. Yeah, and not only that, who is? Because you're no like the six 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 follow, and someone drops off. But it's not a follow; it's a listen. It's a it's a listener, it's a all subscriber, stuff, yeah, or downloads or whatever you call it. So um, yeah, either way, uh, really, our channels of communication primarily we just post our podcast, and you can see it in your feed, talkingmaiden.com as well. We've got a Twitter uh, feed, but I'm, neither one of us are huge social media people. I'm, I'm yeah. probably more active than most. I, guess. I do absolutely no social you media. You hate social media, and I find I can find it a chore. Like I yeah. like to get on there and do stuff, but I'm not going to be like, "Hey, uh, in in this thirty second soundbite, they tee up this. Click for more." Yeah. Like I'm not doing that. Uh, but I do like to be on there to share a podcast, just because they're. You don't want to post like. These two guys rated all the Iron Maiden albums. Number yeah. three will blow yeah. your mind. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Click through 16 to find out what they think. Yeah. These guys don't believe in the, uh, you know. Oh, my God. That's the worst, isn't it? It's like the way Click that this bait. the way this is childhood star looks now is totally, and there's like a sexy picture, so you want to see them looking sexy, or there's like cracked out, and you're like, click, 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 click. There's so many ads. Uh, no, we're not doing that. But um, one thing that we have done, one thing that I've... Uh, How can we get... If we did do a contest, yeah, how could we do it? We could do it with like Twitter followers. I don't or, know. Maybe we should give I, away. People like, do iTunes review people. They do. I don't want to be begging people to leave iTunes. No, reviews. I don't want. To, yeah, but if you do listen to our podcast and you do enjoy it, do review us because yeah. it's more people. Apparently, that uh, makes a big deal. It does. Deal on it your... does. I don't know how to promote for that stuff. I've yeah. read online and there's all kinds of ideas like write blogs and you know it's just like a concept. Yeah, that's work. Race. Then it takes yeah. the fun of it. This is fun. Like this is, yeah, we just yeah. talk about Maiden. We throw it we on the internet Maiden. and people like, find it. Yeah, if they're like, you could have 18 percent more subscribers. If I'd be like, I'd punch that person before they got <laughs> yeah. through that sentence. Like, leave us alone. Yeah, let us do our. I stuff. don't want to turn into work, and I don't want to be spamming people with stuff. So Nesbitt, I've got the ideal strategy. Let's go to the cabin and drink beer and talk about Maiden. <laughs> Let's do that. How about see how that goes? All right. If that it's been work, working so far. It's been working so far. So things are good. And um, there's not a lot of made podcasts, which to me is not a great thing in the sense that uh, even though we are a podcast. I know. I would think that there'd be yeah, so many. I, I want more of a discussion on Maiden. Because I know Maiden yeah. fans are super passionate about Maiden. So they it's strange Maiden. that they have. there's not like a whole ton. Yeah. That is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's an unfortunate, but like hopefully we can fill the void, and hopefully those other people that uh, have a lot to say about Maiden and don't um, necessarily have a have a venue, they can come to us. So one area where I have uh, engaged with a lot of people, or I definitely okay. have, you're you're looking at me. I'm you looking at this beard. I'm yeah. looking at this beard. I'm going to talk like... about Reddit. So let's tap okay. the beard then. Okay. Do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beards. Nice. All right, so you're filling my mug. What are you filling my mug with? I've got a Mill Street Session IPA. 
Yeah. So before your, you know, your 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 need for booze, um, mine too. Actually, I'm, I'm itching for a beer. Um, Reddit. So I got on Reddit. Yeah. And uh, I'm doing a bit. I'm, I'm doing a lot of reading. I don't know when and how to post. Like there's this karma thing. It's like uh, you got to get in there. And you, you don't want to post too much or too little, but at the same time, you also don't want to rip people. But like all I've seen on there is awesome discussions. And to be honest, I think the karma thing is like a way that they use to make sure that people aren't just getting interviewed. You know, like internet. Yeah, like, they were Oh, screw on. you, screw yeah. this. Like, that's just so Like, every comment section yeah. on everything I ever read. That's it. And, I read, and, like, I watch, like, YouTube videos of Iron Maiden on YouTube. And I'll start, like, reading down, like, I'll get a couple of comments down. I'm like, why am I reading why this? Why am I reading it? Yeah. But, but you see, that's why Reddit's set up that way. Right. Uh, R, slash R, which is, like, a Reddit thing, slash Iron Maiden. I would say this. 90% of people on there are like know almost everything about me like they just you can read by the way that yeah. they listen to me all the time they debate over like dance of death and a matter of life and death actually that was a facebook debate but the, you just see them debating some of the lesser known yeah. well, that's exactly the type yeah. of stuff we do when we get together right? that's what that's we do and that's what this podcast is that's what just made us decide to do this podcast yeah. we're sitting around all the time debating maiden and talking about maiden yeah, so we could have just joined Reddit, <laughs> but this is more fun. Yeah. But they, uh, there are peeps. But I did post uh, an intro thing to our podcast, which was well received, like ninety eight percent. Yeah, you showed me you it, had which, some really, really good comments. Yeah, great comments. And and by voting it up, they basically mean like it's welcome there. Because I was like, when I was writing, I was like, oh, I didn't want to be the guy on Reddit going, hey, look at our podcast. But I mean, at the same time. I got those are the exact people that you want to get. They're exact people. They're the experts, right? And I was like, where where do we aim this podcast? Do you don't want to get on there and go, oh, here's Best of the Beast, and this song's good, and that's on three podcasts later. You're out of material, or you're like us and you listen to everything Maiden and you break down all the news about Maiden and you just want to deep dive on everything. So um, I posted out and like literally like immediately, this guy uh, Sky Burrito, uh, shout out to him. He gives the following feedback, and I I want to read it out here on the air because. Like, I just thought it was awesome. So, think of everything fans want to hear about is what he says. One, how slash why were some uh, band members kicked off the band? I mean, that hits right yeah, on the Blaze Bailey discussion, yeah. right? And all the other stuff. Paul too. Yeah. And, we and do when, a whole episode yeah. about Paul Diano and that's how, right. what happened to him. And, yeah, yeah. That's right. All the challenges he was having yeah. and how he went out and his reflection on that. Why Killers is considered either the greatest or, and he puts in brackets, one of the worst albums. That's like... That's oh, do awesome. people think it's one of the worst? Well, he's basically saying it's a divisive album, and I yeah. think he's bang on there. Yeah. I think he's spot on. Yeah. He says production, Martin Birch, Steve Harris, Kevin Shirley. That's yeah. awesome. A production yeah. angle. We talk about quality production, but we don't yeah. talk about the people behind the scenes. So that's good. Yeah. Vocalists, why do they each bring to the table? We've been breaking that down. Yeah. Uh, guitarists, the style of each who has stood the test of time better. Uh, drummers, Clive and Nico, strengths and weaknesses. Oh, I'd love to get into that. That's an excellent yeah. one. That's an excellent one. And review the forgotten tracks like Charlotte, the Harlot, Purgatory, Gangland, Summons Deal, etc. Yeah. Um, but Sun essentially, Steel, like yeah. I think he bang on hit us exactly what we were thinking. Yeah, that's exactly the type of stuff. Yeah. So as soon as I saw that, I was yeah. like, oh man, this guy. And then I went into his profile and like he's very knowledgeable and like he's got all kinds of shit there that's really good. Like the guy is like highly rated on. Yeah. Reddit. What's the name? Uh, Sky Burrito. So any shout okay. out to him. But you know, I just as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, I was like validation for me because I was like, there are people that think at that level. Yeah. Yeah. On this. And to be honest with you, I'm not. This guy probably knows more about Maiden than I do. Yeah. You know, he's your kind of peeps. And yeah. now I'm I'm kind of on that journey there. But I love that. I mean, yeah, it just hits at the crux of what we're doing. I don't want to do do a great assist podcast. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I know that. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, you can't do that. So that guy, Sky Breed, I'm going to reach out to him and I'll tee this up to him. I want to get into yeah. like every yeah. single thing you can think about Maiden. Yeah. I'd like to get in and talk about and get input on. That's right. And learn on it. But also, we and a thing we got to come back to is remember we talked about the four or five phases of Maiden and then we like, yeah, yeah. break them down, do arcs of like yeah. production, arcs of like touring and album sales and like you can layer so much information i'd like to do an episode that is all everything that happened right up mm. to when the first album came out pre-maiden right. episode that'd be great yeah i agree but anyway, this get guy, into like white spirit and urchin and all those like i've got a bunch yeah. of those albums on vinyl at home yeah, i've got that really metal from mother's compilation on vinyl at home. 76 right yeah. it was like yeah. and then you know 80 it's like there's yeah. a lot of time there yeah yeah sky breeder anyway it's super knowledgeable but again you know, he's like right there in the form right away. So like there's just, and then I watch the comments and there's just people that are clued yeah. in. Like there are people that are living the blood. Yeah. Uh, they're just in there. 
But yeah, and, and in addition to Reddit, we've got the uh, the fan club forums with you track, which yep. uh, we should talk about because also at the same time you don't want to be spamming those. But we got to find yep. a way for mining for for content. I find the fan club forum is not. I I think a lot of people that have been there for a long time and they've had all these discussions like way years ago. Yeah, that's right. So when I check it, like I check it, it heats up for a couple of times a week. It? Yeah. And yeah, they don't have a lot of this kind of discussion in it. Yeah. But I think they've already had all these discussions, so that's right. I don't know. That's right. I'm sure we <laughs> talked about that last year. Yeah, that's right. Because um, that forum's been on the go for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, there's the Twitter and the TalkingMain.com, and, and obviously Facebook seems to be. We're not really doing anything on Facebook. But anyway, I've seen some really good discussions in there where I've kind of weighed in from my own personal account. Uh, but I don't have that link to this, so most people will have no clue. But anyway, um, I want to throw out another person. Um, the guys Maiden Manitoba. They basically do the MaidenCanada.com. I sent you a link on that. Oh, that's like uh, yeah. Tribute Band? Exactly. They yeah, they sounded right amazing. Away. They, they're really good. Yeah, I mean, they even sound the really, vocals. Yeah, they sound really good. Yeah, I mean, I don't have the, the, the band members in front of me, but I went through the videos. They have great multimedia on the website, so MaidenCanada.com. But the quality of the recording is actually really good. And, like, even, like, I went right away. I was like, there's no way they're pulling off Elamid do. And, like, they, I went in, and their vocals weren't, like, you know, I mean, it's, it's not Bruce, but, I mean, well, the way they're doing it, like, oh, it's just great. such a creative yeah, way to do it. They're so awesome. And uh, anyway, they've reached out. They want to. They want to get on and have a chat with us. So we'll definitely. Once oh, that's we get awesome. Our, our quality yeah. recording done. Um, we'd love to have a chat with them about it. But also, I mean, be honest with you, as soon as I saw it, I was like, when can I get a chance to see them? Because I was uh, looking, and they're all over. Uh, they do a lot in Winnipeg, obviously, and around Manitoba. But they're they're never going to be out this way, I don't think, uh, based on their tours that I've seen. I wish it's too bad. Yeah, because they're really good. I mean, yeah. I was amazed at the at the quality of the stuff they put up. So shout out to them. And, and Quebec City, out. we saw made in tribute band there. We and they did. were really good, too. I can't remember what they are Yeah, called. and I've been looking because once yeah. they reached out, because there's another band in, in Newfoundland, which we're going to follow up with in the future, right. who reached out with us on the Reddit forum, um, a guy, a fan of this band. So we're going to go see them locally. Yeah. So Maiden Cover Bands is an area I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, if only just because there's other hardcore people there. No one is ever going to take it over and be like, oh. Listen, going anywhere where they're playing Maiden and you're surrounded by Maiden fans, yeah. it's like... The best night out. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember sidebar? Do you remember when uh, the the local bar here, Christians, had that like uh, uh, music DJ thing where you can you can go up. It's like a jukebox, and you can pay in, but you can buy credits for a phone. Oh, app. you do it on your phone. Yeah, yeah. and remember, you'd be home. Uh, right, I bought a whole bunch of credits, yeah, and I'd be texting you. I'd be like, "We're at this bar," and you'd be like, "Oh yeah. my god!" You text me that you're at the bar, and I would be at home in bed, and I'd yeah. pick up my phone, and I would just, like just tee up a bunch of maiden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You pay like maiden. five bucks, ten bucks, and you just fill the bar with maiden, and uh, we'd be there with the boys. there hated me except for you and your friends. Yeah, and Mike and the boys would be like, "Why is there all kinds of main play?" I'd be like, "A total Nesbitt." Like, jeez, give it up. Had to use those credits up. Had to use those credits. <laughs> All right, cool. So anyway, shout out to the guys on the Reddit forum. There's a bunch more that have commented. And uh, anyway, I'll figure all that out. All right, so we've got to move on. Yeah. To well, let's get into it. Dance of Death. Dance of Death. The thirteenth. Yeah, the I was lucky. Thirteenth Iron Maiden album. I'd been two thousand and three. Two thousand three. Yeah. I got out the red ink, ready to go. Let's rip this apart. Yeah. Started listening to Steady Belt. Been listening for about three weeks now. Yeah. So when this it's album really good. when this album it's came out, really I listened to it a lot when yeah. it came out, and then I kind of put it away and listened to like the odd song off it that I had in playlists. Yeah, I listened to it through every now and then, but like it hasn't been in, up there in the album. I used to rank this in my bottom three Maiden albums, like No yeah. Prayer, This, and Virtual Eleven used to be at the bottom. Like the Virtual Eleven, Final Frontier for me. I know you hate that. Oh man, Final Frontier and great. and this. You know, which is probably common with a lot of people who, who look at the newer stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so this 2003, this was recorded at Sarm West Studios in Notting Hill, London, where they recorded Led Zeppelin IV. Really? Yeah. <laughs> when Bruce came back to Maiden, Kevin Shirley did Brave New World. And Kevin Shirley did every album since then. And this is back to what we were talking about earlier about producers and production yeah. like he's big into like bob rock and like these producers they like to like put their stamp their sound like they have their trademark sound they like to put on an album yeah and uh 
he's the opposite. He doesn't want to put his stamp on it. He's like, I want the al- the band to sound like the band, so I'm just gonna record you live in the studio. Yeah. And what you sound like, like that's what you sound like. I'm gonna make you sound the best version of what you do. I'm not trying to put my own sound. Like he doesn't try to manipulate. He's not like a Bob Ezrin who like. He's not trying to shape it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So here's a quote from Kevin Shirley. So he said, "In the Zeppelin tradition of tight but loose, this is a band which moves, pushing the beat, pulling it back. That's real rock. No click tracks, no Pro Tools, computer tightening, and manipulation. What you hear is what they play. I'm just saying it like it is." So that's kind of cool. Like, they're not playing to it. You know, everything's not perfect. They kind of, yeah. like, they might speed up a little bit, slow down a little bit, but there's, like, a groove to it. Yeah. And that's what he's all about, right? So. And they recorded this on, I watched that, uh, the bonus features on the uh, Death on the Road DVD. And he shows the record, they recorded everything on analog tape. Yeah. Which, I don't know if that makes a difference, because they immediately transferred to digital. But, like, I don't know if that's just, like. Really? Yeah. I don't know if that's like a hipster thing where it's like, I take all my pictures on film cameras because yeah, I'm... You, by, by definition, yeah, you're only losing. Like, you're only getting interference. I mean, analog at that stage. Yeah, I don't I don't know. And everything since then has been straight. It's a transition. Yeah. But anyway, that's... I, don't know. I think it might be like a hipster thing. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you're using digital equipment. Yeah. Really. Or it could just be the way the studio was set up. So I like that they just play these songs live. Yeah. And... A lot of times they say they do like seven or eight takes of it. They'll just play it live seven or eight times. And usually they'll go with the first one. Yeah. Well, that's what Nico says. He says usually the first one's the one they go with. And then they go back and they maybe overdub like some guitars. Then they like kind of build it from there. But they're all taken from live takes, which is cool. Yeah, which is consistent with The Manor of Life and Death. which And Brave New World. But the problem with this album, this is my problem with this album, is like they put these keyboards that sound like orchestra it sounds like a cello or a violin and there's just everywhere on this album there's just yeah. like they're like we're gonna need, make, need to make this sound more like full so we're gonna put like yeah. an orchestra behind it and blah, make it more dramatic and more emotional and I'm like I don't know the, the songs don't need it the songs are good yeah. enough to stand on their own and I think a lot of the songs get buried underneath that so yeah, I have point. a quote here from Adrian Smith yeah it says in a lot of Maiden songs in the past you can imagine an orchestra playing them without the band. So this time we decided to add orche- orchestration to some of the melodies and riffs to make them sound bigger and grander. But I don't know. I think, I don't know, the drums kind of sound buried. Keyboards or the uh, the orchestra sound, it just makes the instruments harder to hear and sounds like everything gets buried. Yeah, I don't know. You, and I don't, I don't I guess know. it's track to track. New Frontier for me, I just felt like the... Well, I agree with that. Like, yeah. on Journeyman, it works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no more lies. It's overkill. Yeah. No more lies doesn't mean it. And no more lies. If you listen to it all the way through, they have this like yeah. this, this like it sounds like an orchestra in the background. Right. Swells of it, and it's just it doesn't need it. It's a rock song, right? I feel like it doesn't help the song. I no. feel like where, where it's your music background, where you're like listening to all the components. Yeah. For me, I just hear vocals, and then like I, I can hear drumming too because I did a bit of drumming. Yeah. But like for me, it's like I I use the like the goosebumps test. I just. For me, it's how it comes together, and I, I can hear that. But I mean, as you're describing this, like even that song "Gates of Tomorrow." Yeah, the gates of like tomorrow, gates yeah. of tomorrow has during yeah. the course. There's all this like orchestra there keyboard is. stuff, and it's like it doesn't need it. it does, it's a rock song. Yeah, I think they kind of went overboard with it. They yeah. had like a good idea, and they see, kind of piled on chorus, a bunch of stuff on top that they didn't yeah. need to pile on top. When they're leaning into the chorus of Gates of Tomorrow, I'm just yeah. like I'm so focused on the vocals there that maybe yeah, no, I mean. But Passchendaele not, has a bunch, but it, it works does, in Passchendaele. Yeah. It does. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. used sparingly, it works great. Yeah. But I have a feel. I feel like they just went overboard with it, and it's really? like you have a good idea. It didn't you have a good song. Yeah. You are like piling. You have a a good it's too much central noise. idea. Yeah. And you're piling too much on top of it, and the original idea gets a little bit lost underneath. A little bit. Fair enough. You know, I don't know. That's a, happens a lot on this album. Okay, I mean, I never like. I don't know. I step back and and for me, I'm not I'm not thinking that level. Like yeah. very rarely, you you talk about like the different guitars coming in. I mean, I can't even hear the difference. You know, for me, it's all collapsed. Yeah. I look at it as like you know, it's like a physics. It's all these waves have come together and there's this amalgamation. I know. I mean, you do have to yeah. st- stand back and just enjoy it as a song. You yeah. can't just pick it apart and analyze it. But I don't know. Like, no, uh, that's Bruce that's Dickin- a fair analysis. Bruce, now, now when I listen yeah. to it, I'll hear it. That's but Bruce Dickinson this. said in yeah. one interview, 
it's uh, I think it was in this book, Iron Maiden, Thirty Years of the Beast. Yeah. Uh, he said Dance of Death could almost be a Jethro Tull album, which I can totally hear that in some yeah. songs. You know what I mean? So I don't know, but I don't know. It's I know. Let's say that. So that, that's a the production on this album is. I think they went overboard with the. The thing with this album too is they were trying to try new things and break new ground. Yeah. And I mean, you can't do new things and progress without like having a few failures here and there. And Absolutely. I think they tried it on this album. It didn't work. And then the next album, A Matter of Life and Death, they kind of brought that all back. They kept the good things they did, which was like, they lost all the bad parts of the production of this album. Yeah. To me, like some people might love that, but like they, maybe they thought that they went a little overboard with it and they kind of pulled that back and then it's when A Matter of Living Death which I think is such a great album and there's yeah. a lot of that on it too but they use it sparingly yeah so I don't know yeah I can see a transition in their sound here towards A Matter of Life and Death yeah um, specifically like I noticed in a lot of cases in this album it's like very epic and there's a huge pace yeah it's like very reminiscent of A Matter of Life and Death and kind of a way there's some throwbacks to some of the earlier stuff like um as we break down the tracks, like obviously Passchendaele has a theme tie, but like Montesegur, I, I love that 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 track, but also it sounds to me very much like something that could be a matter of life and death. And yeah. So they're they're breaking it there, but then when you go yeah. Rainmakers, like a hurricane back to me to like the late '80s almost, and it's like yeah. there's so there's it's kind of an in between album. Yeah. And and, and in some ways it all feels over the unfinished. place kind of yeah. It feels a little unfinished. Well, at the same time, when you think about it, yeah. it does all kind of fit together. Yeah. In that in the theme sort of. But it does. Then, in sonically, it's kind of all over the place. I don't know how to describe it. It's weird. Yeah, it is. It is weird. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm not throwing, and I mean this this pun is intended. I'm not throwing rain on this album <laughs> uh, because, uh, yeah, I mean what what what's happened in this process is my my view of this album. Is so the when world. we get done yeah. talking about the yeah. album, I'll get into how I changed my opinion of this album yeah. because it was in my bottom three, and I don't know where I would put it now. So anyway, track one, Wildest Dreams. Yeah. So they love to start with the rocker. They the do. short Good start to rocker. The you know, Adrian Smith. Yeah. It's it sounds like an Adrian. It's an Adrian rock. song. Yeah. So in the Death on the Road DVD, there's yeah. bonus features and there's a documentary in that. Yeah. Adrian said he wrote it in a few hours. He said it sounded like a single and Steve Harris wrote the lyrics. So I don't know. It's kind of like a I don't know. The band's like on an upswing after this reunion after Brave New World. Yeah. And this album's kind of one of those like uplifting, positive sounding songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love the beginning where Nico counts it in. Yeah. I love when they hear, when those little studio things they leave in. Yeah, I love that. I love it. I love yeah. it. And sometimes you hear Nico at the beginning or the end of a song. Yeah. You know, they leave some stuff in. But the, the chorus, like, I'm on my way out on my own again. Yeah. I don't oh. think it's a strong chorus. It doesn't have that hook. It's not strong enough. It, I don't know. I love it's kind it. of blah. I love it. As a start to an album, it just feels like it's just like winding up. And, then I and find, Adrian Smith's solo, yeah. I don't think, is very memorable. It's just kind yeah, of like... It's such a short song. Blah. Yeah. I don't know. It's a Adrian song, Adrian solo. It's, it's good. I'd like it. But it's good, but it's not great. You know what I mean? I like the bridge. It's kind of like uh, interesting. It kind of makes it... Saves it from being like kind of forgettable. And uh, I don't know. But I think live... They used to open the concert with it, and like live hearing this, I think it's a, a really good concert opener, mm. and I think live it's, it plays off a lot better. So I'll play you a clip now of it. It's one of those songs where I'm like, eh, blah. But then I hear the live version, I'm like, oh, man. Like, I just picture myself being there. And if they open the concert with that, how much that would like, be blow Yeah, oh, yeah, it would pump you up. Like, I have to organize some changes in my life. I mean, yeah. it's like, it's kind of a funny metal <laughs> opener. But go on. But I'm just like, there's not there's not really a hook to the chorus the way there is in some songs. 
It's and almost like, like the uh, metal, metal theme song for like a guy who's no longer metal and like he's he's changing diapers <laughs> on a kid. It's, but like I listen to this chorus and just <laughs> to listen to this chorus. It's yeah. kind of repetitive. There's not really that hook. Go. That if you listen to that, like the way he's playing the center of the symbol the whole time, no, like it, it's saying, good. You hear it, it's like that yeah. more cowbell. I'm just and saying, like it just yeah. so no, I, I yeah. like it. it. It carries the rhythm for me. I agree with you. It's not an epic. But it's next, a good start to yeah. it. It's like it's winding you up. But the next song, Rainmaker, Rainmaker yeah. is such a better song, and we such That's a better what, Yes, good. Then we I don't agree. Know, like Rain, Rainmaker is like great. It's anyway, an excellent song. Before we get to Rainmaker, this was one of the singles, and it had a B side called "Pass the Jam." So, uh, Kevin, I got a quote from Kevin Shirley when he was recording the album. This is from, remember I told you Kevin Shirley used to have this blog on his website yeah. back in the early 2000s? Yeah. And you scraped it all. Yeah. You have it forever and no one else does. <laughs> Even Kevin Shirley, who's our driver's wife, is going to call you and be like, I hear you guys have my blogs. So, he said, we took a break and they had a jam, a very rare occurrence for the band, and they got way funky too. Maiden. And I recorded them, four jams in total. So look for them as B-sides somewhere down the track. And if you think they are just throwaway tracks, you're mistaken. They may not be, and he puts in quotes, they may not be songs as such, but you'll get a rare insight into their musicianship. So he said they recorded four of these jams. That's right. Two of them were released as singles. One of them was the B-side. It was called Pass the Jam. And it's, I don't know, I'll play for you now. It's nothing really to write home about. What are you doing with this knife? them in the jam it's not bad but it's kind of it's kind of neat to hear it's interesting it's interesting but it's not like i don't know but i mean they're just jams so it's not like a finished song yeah so when was that released that was released as a b-side to the to the uh wildest dreams single so at this stage in maiden they used to release like all these different kinds of singles with different so they'll have a single like wildest dreams they'll be like a couple of different cd singles a DVD single with like the video and a couple of unreleased tracks or whatever. Yeah. So for this album, there's a few legit B-sides like that. Yeah. And then they have these things called like the other B-side they had was a Blood Brothers orchestral mix. But most of these songs are exactly the same as the original, but they just crank the orchestra keyboards up in the mix. So you can't, you know what I mean? It, they say orchestral, but it's not really... It's To me, it sounds a lot alike. Like, I have a clip of Passchendaele here that has... Uh, I have a clip of Passchendaele that has... It's the original and then the orchestral version. I just took really small clips just so you can hear. And there's not that much difference. Like, it's, you can tell it's the same song, but they just mixed it differently. So just uh, listen to this.
sound almost the same, except one has that like or- orchestra keyboard, like the strings keyboards, cranked up a little bit more in the mix. So I don't even count those as B-sides. I feel like, like you're blowing a dog whistle for me because I can barely hear the Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, it's not that much difference. But like yeah. they did Blood Brothers, this is like when you, you know when you taste wine with someone, they're like, oh, do you taste the coconutty overtones? And I'm like, it's like, mmm, yeah. Well, there's not that much difference. And that's why I think it's kind of like, mm. if they had have cut stuff out and like remixed it somehow, but like this is, I don't I can, know. I can totally taste the grapes. <laughs> I can taste the grapes right now. So... Before we go on to Rainmaker, I just want to say how horrible the video for the song is. Oh, God. Have you seen the video for this? On YouTube. I think it's the worst video for an Iron Maiden song. It's like Bruce driving this, like, CGI car on an alien planet. I think it was like Iron Maiden was too busy to be in a music video, but they had to have something to throw out at the time. Yeah. music videos were still on the go. 2004. So they were just like, we'll do a CGI thing and we'll just mm. like slap it together and throw it out. And it has the worst Eddie. It's Eddie with like a top hat. Have you ever seen him? He looks like a ringmaster no. from a circus. It's like Eddie and he has a top hat. And it's like, it's Stupid. like the worst Eddie. And it's the worst oh, video. The top hat Eddie could, could, could go well if you pulled it off right. If you pulled it off right, but yeah. they didn't pull it off right. This is, it's horrible. So this song, good, not great. It's kind of blah to me. The chorus doesn't do it for me. And especially when the next song, Rainmaker, is yes. so amazing. I love this yeah. song. So this is Dave Murray song. Yes. Dave Murray does the solo. They do two short rockers. Like This one's like, they're both under four minutes, which yeah, is short really song. short for Maiden, right? But Rainmaker, yeah. I think if you dragged it out, it would be as good. Well, this Dreams mm. is three minutes and 52 seconds, and it kind of sounds long by the time it's done yeah. you're kind of like okay on to the next song yeah, whatever I, I but this one longer, yeah. this one just like it flies like yeah. it's so great it's perfectly it's constructed perfectly there's no it's all meat and there's no all fats trimmed yeah. it's just perfect yeah yeah it's, it's up, uplifting like after I think they had Bruce back they just had a great Brave New World album they had Wildest Dreams and they had this song this song's like you know, you can tell me when to start the rain is the yeah. lyrics, and it's like to wash the tears yeah. away. You tell me when we can to all change, yeah. yeah. When to start the rain. Yeah. Tears away. yeah, I love it, man. And it's just, I don't know, it's so great. Good. It's super catchy, right? Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. So I Dave, gave it an 8.5 out of 10. I was so like, it's one of my more, he's out there on this. In song. this one, this book, Iron yeah. Maiden in the Studio by Jake Brown, there's an interview with uh, Dave Murray, and he says the guitar at the beginning. Yeah. When he played, when he played it for Bruce, Bruce said the beginning sounded like raindrops to him, so that's kind of what inspired him to write the song, call it Rainmaker. Ah, so cool. it's kind of neat. I don't know. And live, Dave Murray does the first part, and then the three guitars come in with like this, and they and the three guitars line up. I love it when the three guitars is like the triple axe attack. Yeah, the three of them line up on the stage and they play the three guitar harmonies. And it just comes out awesome. And I got a clip of that too. This is uh, Rainmaker when they do the, the harmony guitar, which I love. So I just love it when the three guys all line up side by side and just I don't know the harmony guitar I love that's excellent so it's pretty cool and the the video for this have you seen the video for this I haven't no it's pretty good it's like uh, the guys are playing it's like black and white and they're playing like in the rain there's this weird like weird half naked lady with like a bird mask and she lays an egg and then all these like dancers come up out of the ground and they're like dancing all crazy but they have that like the dance of death kind of Venetian mask theme yeah. thing on the go which is an interesting concept yeah. which comes up again yeah. in the dance of death song but yeah and nico looks like a badass in the video which is kind of cool because normally yeah. he kind of he's got like a goofy grin but in this one he looks like a badass yeah because he's a badass he is badass. but this should have been the, al- the album opener i think yeah i don't know i like wildest dreams i like yeah. rainmaker more but it's it's you know not every best song has to be first right and i know leads in a rainmaker and then for me, the way it leads in the next few tracks, like we had this a little thing, we're like save for the podcast, but um, I think the front, the first side is incredibly strong. I know you love the back side, yeah, but like um, for me, I don't know. Rainmaker is like the first when you, when you really get into the album, 
and you dig into it. But Wallet's Dream tees you up. I mean, it, so it it's works. it's true. It's true. It works. Yeah. And the two tracks fit together. And when I hear Wallet's Dreams live, yeah. I realize that it's a really good high energy song. But this yeah. song is just so good. Maybe Wildest Dreams doesn't seem so good only because it's followed by this one. That's right. That's right. Bookended. And there's a beat. This is the other single. And there was a B side to this called Morty Vicar, which is another jam. Again, it's not anything like to write home about. It's. I don't know. Again, it's not like anything you want to listen to more than once, but it's kind of cool to hear them like jamming in the studio. that as a b-side they had a few more of those like orchestral versions of song like they had a version of dance of death as a b-side depending on the single you bought yeah i don't know these like these jams are okay but these orchestral versions i don't know they don't really they feel like a cop-out they don't seem like a real they don't seem different enough to warrant like, sounds releasing. like noise to me i don't really notice anything yeah and it's like for maiden covers they have i mean for maiden for Maiden B-sides, yeah. it seems like they do covers, which are awesome. Yeah. Or they do, like, something that's kind of a joke. Yeah. And Bruce wants to make sure that you know it's a joke by, like, being super goofy on it. Yeah. Which is okay. Or but, like the yodeling or... Yeah. Or, I don't know, Blackbird Blues. Have you ever heard that one? No. I don't know. They have a bunch like that that are kind of, like, tongue-in-cheek goofing around. Yeah. Which is fine, but I would like it if they would actually, like, release some good B-sides that are... Like, they must have written some songs for this album that Steve Harris cut that they, maybe they could just do a, a, a run-through in the studio and release that as a B-side. Not good enough for the album, but still, like, a decent song. Like, yeah. I don't know. It seems... I'm, these jams, they don't do it for me. <laughs> yeah, the B-side stuff. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, those are the B-sides. And the other B-sides were... They did a 2002 show at Brixton Academy in London. So they t- put a bunch of live tracks from that as uh, B-sides for this album, too. And then, on to track number three, No More Lies. Two great tracks coming up. And Rainmaker is excellent. Rainmaker is great. So what did you give Rainmaker out of 10? I give it 8.5. Okay. I would give it like a 9, probably. Yeah, you could. I give 8.5 to No More Lies. So I didn't rate them, but I would give Wildest Dreams a 7. Yeah, I'd give it a 7.5. And And I would give 9 to Rainmaker. I think this okay. is just off the top of my head. Fair enough. You so. you haven't put in the detailed note by note scoring <laughs> that I put in when I put it eight point five. You know, I'm like, um, no more lies to me. Like I love the drumming in this album. It's great solo. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's an excellent track. Seven minutes doesn't feel like it. Like the, the, when you look at these tracks, like to me, they you know, the, the, man, the timing of a track is is so arbitrary. I mean. I couldn't if you asked me if you lined up main tracks and I, there's no way I can I, my perspective of time is how I'm in the song some songs are like eight and nine minutes and they feel like three and some yeah. songs are like four minutes and they feel like ten because I don't well think. a good song shouldn't seem overly long shouldn't seem and overly when songs long. wear out their welcome yeah. that's when they get into trouble that's when they get into, well yeah. No More Lies I really like this yeah. song see to me oh, yeah. it's a little bit long I'm not a big fan of the chorus this is a pure Steve Harris composition mm. and the beginning kind of reminds me of the clansman it's like yeah. you can tell he wrote this on a bass definitely and it's like that like yeah. bass thing that kind of builds or whatever uh i don't this sounds like it almost could be like a blade era song too the drumming no more no but think about think about the singing in this yeah this could be a blaze song i know and i don't know if it accelerates it could be yeah but like the way the lyrics go it sounds Oh, this could be on x-factor i just love the way it ramps up the album like yeah i love that fuck yeah it's 
where he's like where he gets into the and he's singing with the drumming no more da, 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 yeah da, da, da. i love that kind of cool it's just cool the see i don't love that part no i think it's okay but i think it like they do too much towards the end of the song Fair i don't enough. know but I think that the high point of the song is Such the a, solos. Yeah, solos are amazing. The solos in the song. Do we have a clip of it, the solos, I perhaps? amazing but the song i don't know when it comes out of the solos i think like the the ending goes on too long i usually love long yeah. long outros like i love yeah. them usually i don't know there's not enough going then on it comes in the back in with the drumming i know like, i love it man it's such yeah. a great it's, oh. it's good but not great to me oh it's i would yeah. put it as really good okay i wouldn't put it as great i don't know yeah so like if life is music what are solos are they the sex you know, are they the meal? Like, what's They're the end of the sex? It's just, it's just so. Yeah, the end of the sex. The end of the, the part where the man puts the baby in yeah. the woman's It's the baby the, making zzz. part. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I love, uh, I love uh, yeah. songs that have like Dave Murray into Adrian into Yannick solos where like they're just trading off. They're so good. And the three of them just yeah. do a, a couple of bars each and that's, that's what right. this is it's like they all take their turn i love it when they do that and you step back and then you got bruce in like a an epic like um i don't want to oversell the song but he, like he's hammering away and like the drumming is like right in line with the vocals and then it goes to this epic guitar it's a really good track I'll yeah give it an 8. and 5. the other thing is yeah. when you watch it on the death on the road dvd yeah like live the song is great it's yeah yeah this song it takes it up a little for me when I started listening to it, I was like, I know this song, I know yeah. this song, I know the song, but I didn't know from this album. It's just in my main mix, it stood yeah. out to me. Well, listen after yeah. listening to it a lot when we we're getting ready to do this, I yeah. forgot how the build up in the beginning, how yeah. much I love that part. That's right. It's really good. And we're we're three tracks in to a, to an album that we were gonna pan and we're doing well. And yeah. we're leading into how do you say that? Monta- Hold on, let me tell yeah. you about the uh yeah. so this wasn't technically a single, but they released this thing called the No More Lies Dance of Death souvenir ep yeah so it had like uh a couple of orchestral versions or whatever that i'm not a big fan of it had a video for no more lies yeah and it had the song no more lies and then they had this super rare cut of age of innocence and it's uh, a version that was cut in the studio that they never released and it's kind of a little bit different than the album version uh because someone else in the band sings the the lyrics and it just gives another take on Age of Innocence so listen to this and tell me what you think So that was like a hidden track on the uh, the the Dance of Death souvenir EP. So it was pretty funny. Nico. He's a character. Yeah, he totally is. It's hilarious. He had one option in life, and that's to become yeah. drummer for Iron Maiden. Everything else would have been just. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. That's totally true. Move on to the next track. And so the next track is track number four is 
Montsegur. Okay. So, do you remember when we were discussing Benjamin Brieg? I do. I told you it was all, like, fictitious and it was all made up. Yes. So, you'll be happy to hear this, uh, this uh, quote from Bruce Dickinson. It says, Given the nature of Iron Maiden in terms of sounds we make and things we do, songs about medieval battles and mass slaughter and things like that are a bit of a given, really. There's so many great stories throughout history that you can make parallels with modern day. That just makes for a very colorful subject matter. If you're going to plunder something, you might as well choose something that's real and actually happened, rather than make up some crass sword and dorkery epic. So he's pretty much saying what you're saying, which is like, there's so much stuff in history, why not write songs about that? Exactly. This, uh, what is it, Castle in the Pyrenees? Yeah, it's like, uh, literally on the very peak of this, like, I wouldn't call it a mountain, but it's, if you see pictures of it, it's... And it's still standing? Uh, it's, it's the site? third, the third structure that's been on it. So, the one that they're talking about in this song was the first, and it's yeah. since been like destroyed and rebuilt. Yeah, because like the the thing I've got here is like eleven seventy eight and twelve forty four. I mean, so, written history back to then. Is let me give limited. you a yeah. history about what the song is yeah. about. So, in twelve forty three, the Cathars, which were like this mysterious like sect of Christianity. And they were dualists, which means they believed that there was two gods, an evil god and a good god. Yeah. And they were both equal, and they were, like, fighting for whatever. And they were, like, pacifist, vegetarian, celibate, and they rejected, like, wealth and power. So the Catholic Church, the Pope, declared them heretics and had this, uh, launched this crusade to, like, exterminate them. Mm-hmm. And Montsegur was, like, their stronghold and, like, their center of their religion. So the Pope sent 10,000 Catholic troops and they laid siege for nine months on this, uh, this mountain with this castle on top. And they finally attacked with a catapult and got it in place and the Cathars agreed to surrender. And all the people in the castle were allowed to leave except people that wouldn't renounce their faith. They said they'd be burned. So 210 people remained and they all descended from the castle and they had this big pyre to burn them on and they just like voluntarily climbed on it and burned themselves in the flames isn't that crazy like if if, you know if i really believed in something they were like oh renounce your faith i'd be like okay and then the next day i'd be like i believe it again (laughs) yeah so these people yeah (laughs) yeah so that's the lyrics it's like facing the sun and they went to their grave burn like a dog or you live like a slave Death is the price for your soul's liberty to stand with the Cathars and diet and be free. Love it. So that's what it's about. Yeah. So these people, they took a stand and they like murdered themselves on, basically threw themselves on this pyre because they wouldn't surrender. <laughs> a pyre. Yeah. What's a pyre? Well, it's a flame that you die on. <laughs> a funeral pyre. Yeah. You know, Vader. <laughs> that was a Yannick song. Well. The Yannick solo. I don't know. It really, it has a great melody, the solo. Yeah. It's not just like shredding. Like a lot of times, they just like play really fast. It's very melodic, which I like. It's like, and the beginning is very powerful. Like the riffing at the beginning, oh, man. It's really heavy. Well, we sounding. have a clip, don't we? We have a clip. Uh, yeah, you, I have a clip. Yeah. I, I have to say, for me, this track, this stands out for me as the best track on the album. You think? Absolutely. Okay, I'm surprised to hear that. That's it is my, a very good song. That's though. my hot take. Yeah, I'd say I gave it a nine, nine plus out of ten. Maybe nine five. I love this. I just love the way it like ramps up, and um, I've heard this track a lot, independent of listening to Dance of Death, just from my mass mass playlist. The thing I like about the yeah. song is it seems epic, yeah. but when you look at it, it's not really that long. It's not. But yeah. they could have easily stretched this out an extra two it or three minutes have. and ruined it. But, but it starts it's like so the perfect. Yeah. Like it just gets yeah. into it right away. It's really heavy. Yeah. Yeah. I really like it. And the but way they the, couldn't, the yeah. vocals ramp up in the song. Yeah, and I like the harmony over the uh, the little pre-chorus yeah. part. It's like when the guitar and the vocals are doing the same thing. It sounds really cool. Did they play it. this in a live show? Yeah. Yeah, of course. It's just such a... Oh, yeah. It's on that this uh, Death on the Road That's right. TV. Burning heretics under our skies, religions don't burn inside. 
Yeah, it's so great. It's my I favorite love... track on the album. Yeah, I don't it's up there. The I, I don't know if it's my yet, favorite, but Ugh. I can think of two that are like better. Oh, what? Passiondale and Journeyman. No, not at all. No? What do you like more? Well, we'll see it's when we get to them. I'm not going to ruin sure. it when we get to it. Oh my god, face in the sand is... So we're up to an hour now. I think we should uh, wrap this up, and then yeah. uh, next week we'll get into side... Well, it's not quite side D, but part two. Yeah, part two, because we got Dance of Death coming up. Yeah. A key takeaway on the first half of the album. Yeah, really um, strong half first half. Really it's not strong. a bad song That's there. what I said to you. Yeah. Like, there's not a bad song. Like, yeah. I was hoping we'd come in, I'd be able to give it a five or six and tank something somewhere just because, you know, yeah. these these grades are looking a little too biased. I mean, so I don't rate it as high as you did, because I think Wildest Dreams is kind of blah. Rainmaker is amazing. No More Lies, I'm not a huge fan of. Both 8.5s? It's pretty good, but yeah. I wouldn't rate it that high at all. Yeah. But Monster Gear, I think, is really, really great. Yeah, and in fairness, we only got four of the 11 tracks. We got the bulk of the yeah. side. We'll do Dance of Death next time. And I think some yeah. of the later tracks I can fly through pretty quick. So all these songs, yeah, great. Anyway, it's about to... Uh, for me, it's about to take a turn. It's about well, to we'll take get into a turn. that later when Dance we get into the side, the next, next part. Next time. <laughs> all right, we'll sign out there. Talking, making, talking. I love it.